It's the Division B podcast with me, Brandon Moss, and him, Ben Georgiel. Welcome to episode five. Five? Six? Five? Six. Five. 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 Episode five <laughs> of the Division B podcast. As always, you know his name by now, I hope. Ben Georgiel. Ben, hello. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you, man? I'm great. No Palace game this week, so no depressing uh, backwards playing 4-4-2 players out of position, Roy Hodgson tactics. So I'm great. I'm on top <laughs> of the moon. Until next week. Oh, no, international break. You, oh, my God. You've got away it's... from him for two weeks. Free agency, international break. I'm living life in sport, right? Hockey's back next week. Oh, it's brilliant. I'm buzzing. I am so happy right now. Yeah, <laughs> no one's really but too fussed about that one, Ben. But okay. Yeah. I've, I've had a pretty decent weekend as well. Well, well Brom- just... Bromley won, which That's was big. which is great. We're now in the playoff positions. Seventh. We're, we're, we're getting close. We're getting close. We just need some consistency. Uh, Arsenal, I don't even know what was happening in that first half an hour. It's like we were playing up against... Jay Yeah, well, it's just Jay times 11. Yeah, well, it was only, it was Jay times 11 for the first half an hour, and it was just Jay. It was just like Jay, <laughs> Jay from the Inbetweeners, full of absolute bullshit, not very good, and then conceded three goals. It was, uh, yeah, Martin Odegaard, though. Got to, get, got to get him on a permanent deal, I think. Someone will. Someone will, yeah. Either us or Real Madrid, again. But, Talking about permanent deals, I, I think that leads oh. quite nicely onto this week. Okay, yeah. Carson Wentz, possibly the biggest QB signing in the QB carousel that has been 2021 so far. Obviously, permanent deal with the Colts back with Frank Reich. I think we've briefly spoken about this in one of the NFL weeks. Mm. But the first segment is, is I'm going to compare the two big quarterbacks who have either renegotiated their contract or are in a new spot. And for me, that's Carson Wentz and Cam Newton. I think you've got two big franchises on their shoulders with a bit of history, obviously more so for the Patriots than the Colts. But going to compare, see what's happening, see who's going to do what next season and who's got the bigger pressure on their shoulders. So I'm going to dive straight in. Carson Wentz, two seasons with Frank Reich, who he's reunited with at the Colts. Two seasons. And in these seasons... He had 49 touchdowns, which was the 11th best out of the QBs who played within those two seasons. 18 wins, which was 10th. 2.01 interception percentage, which was 17th. And 88.8 QB rating, which was 24th. So, not bad. He's a solid QB. Like, Mm. does his job, gets touchdowns, wins your games. And then you compare that to the three seasons without Frank Reich. 64 touchdowns. 18th, so a loss of seven positions, 17 wins, 20th, and one less win than two seasons with Frank Reich. 2.1 interception, uh, 2.01 interception again, that's the same. But then his QB rank rating improved to 89.5. So, a bit confused on that, but he still landed 30th with that. So, numbers, numbers, uh, numbers, numbers, numbers. and it really shows, like you say what a coach can do to a player and the uh, yeah. mindset he gives him and how he works with him and how he can improve or get worse. Absolutely. And I don't know if you watched the interview on the Pat McAfee show with him, but 
you could see how excited he was to get going in the blue and white stripes of, of the Indianapolis Colts. And mm. it, it, it's nice because you can, you can tell he's a humble bloke who just wants to do what he can. Yeah. And to, to see that, you know, he, the, it ended very poorly for him in, in Philadelphia. So let's, if he gets back to it, it's great. And, you know, it, it's kind of similar with Cam. He, he got really thrown in at the deep end with New England last year, mm. you know, no OTAs, no preseason, no camps, brand new playbook that was designed for one of the most immobile QBs <laughs> in the NFL. And you've got one of the most mobile, not maybe anymore, but one of the most creative QBs with Cam Newton. And with his first season in New England, he went seven and nine, which isn't a bad record. But it's it's not insanely good, and no. for a former MVP who had so much hype, you would probably expect a bit better. But with everything that happened with COVID and stuff, you, you, I don't think you can blame him. He literally took that offense on his shoulders and ran with it. From what I saw, he had a lot of pressure uh, as well. I mean, I, yeah, a lot of New England and the fans, obviously me. Um, well, I think everyone, to be fair, was saying, "What is?" what's it going to be like after Brady? And he was the man who, like you say, had all of it on his shoulders and he had to deliver and they didn't get the playoffs for the first time in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with, with the stats here. I can't do what I do with Carson Wentz and compare it to his previous time because he's been there for a season. So what I did was I compared it to his MVP season that a lot of people are hoping that he reaches to this season. And a lot of people are saying, despite the surgeries, despite the playbook, he can do it. So... This season, he only had eight touchdowns. He had a 65.8% completion rate. He had a 495 attempts. In his MVP season, he went 15-1. Only lost in the Super Bowl to the yeah. Denver Broncos. He had 35 touchdowns, 59.8% uh, completion and 495 attempts. So he had more attempts but less completion. But a heck of a lot more touchdowns. Yeah, 100%. So you can see that he can run. You can see that he can pass. So the next thing is, wh where does this lead both QBs going into the 2021 season? Going back to Carson Wentz, he's got young weapons with Zach Pascal and Michael Pittman Jr. And I know there's an ongoing joke with a lot of the NFL journalists out in America with Pittman saying, oh, he owns number 11, which had a lot of controversy. Yeah, he only had one touchdown and like 300 yards or something. Not, not, not a big billboard season <laughs> to kind of be saying, oh, yeah, you're our franchise guy, but you're not taking my number. But we'll go on. Uh, he still needs one or two more threats, I think, just to make that properly exciting out there they haven't really got a, I think they have Doyle at tight end but maybe get in another one maybe get in a bit you know a big name receiver in the draft or did you say you know, T. sorry I'll say you're about to say T.Y. Hilton yeah T.Y. Hilton's still there yeah. like he's still in free agent he knows your playbook why don't you bring him in just for one more season mm. get the best out of him get Carson comfortable their backfield's still good they've got two good running backs I think they signed Marlon Mackin again I could be wrong with that um, but the Colts have an incredible defense, yeah. and he's back with an offensive coordinator and head coach in Frank Reich, who he knows and loves. So, all perks to, to Carson in this situation. I think it's up for him to get back to what he was before he came to the NFL. Wow, that's big statements for you. Yeah, like we've said about the coaching and 
their coaching can really really change a player's career. And like like you mentioned with these um stats with Frank Reich before and then after Frank Reich and the defense and the how they how they finished last year was really good. Um they yeah. lost in the playoffs, didn't they? But they lost to was it the Ravens? I don't remember all the time. I don't remember. But they were they were really strong. Um I don't know what their record is, maybe ten and six, but yeah, they were really good. So I'm guessing would you, if you didn't have Kyler Murray at your uh, club at the moment, who would you take in this position? Cam Newton or Carson Wentz? I'd I'd I'd, I'd go. But you've got Cliff. You haven't got Frank Reich there. <laughs> yeah, I'd go. I'd go Cam. You would go because he fits. Wow. He he fits the scheme more. Okay. And and this this is the thing that I think going into 2021 with Cam, what Bill and What's the name of your Josh McDaniel? Uh, That's it. Yeah, you know, and they've gone out and they've got cam weapons. Mm. Like Greg Olson was his most targeted receiver, so they haven't gone and just got one good tight end. They've possibly gone and gone and got two of the top ten tight ends in the National Football League. Yeah, you got Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, who has been the Chargers' forefront tight end for uh, since he entered the league. As well as that. You got Bourne and Aguilar. Aguilar was previously with Carson Wentz. Funny that it comes around. And Kendrick Bourne previously of the 49ers. Mm. So it's I, I think it's great for him. I think he's got two really good targets there. A four, including the tight ends. So with that, he's actually gonna have a preseason. He's gonna be able to form links and relationships with them. I think he's big. For Cam, I think this could be a really good season. Mm, that's interesting. And you take you take him <laughs> over Wentz at your at your team. I just think with with the way it is with Cliff, he's very imaginative and creative, and he doesn't mind not going by the book. Yeah, like there was a clip with the Hale Murray, and it was you could see. Kyler Murray's eyes lit up mm. when they only had single coverage on D Hop, and previously before that, in the huddle, Cliff said to Kyler, "If it's there, do it. But if not, you know the roots. Yeah. He's gonna if if D Hop does something else, go for it. And if he's in single coverage, don't hold back. And I think Cam would fit that better. But if if I'm completely neutral, as of right now." if I'm basing it on the New England Patriots and the, the Indianapolis Colts with Carson Wentz and with Cam Newton, I'd go with the Colts and Carson Wentz. What to do better? I'd yeah. agree with you there. Yeah, I'd agree with you, yeah. But it's interesting to say that you'd you'd go Cam over Carson. Um, I mean, he's done more, hasn't he, in his, in his uh, yeah. career. He's got to the Super Bowl. He's lost, he's, what, 15-1, like you say, overall. Um, and I wonder if it wasn't for the injuries, because they've both really suffered with injuries in the past... What level would they be at? Would Cam be back at that level and stayed at that level at that level if he never got injured after that magnificent season he had? I think so. I think he would still be there. What about Carson Wentz? Because as soon as he got to the playoffs, he was injured and Nick Foles yeah. took over and then Jalen was it Jalen Hurt? Oh, who was it? Jalen yeah, Hurts. Jalen Hurts yeah. took over. What about him? What what would he have done if he stayed fit during that Super Bowl run the other year and when they ended up winning it? Well, it was very interesting seeing what the journalists actually said. They said Wentz had an MVP season that season, but because he because he couldn't complete it, they didn't feel like they could give it to him. 
But then with the amount of injuries he's had and the impact he's had on his career and the timing of it, I think it's more down to his confidence now than it is to his injuries, mm. if I'm honest with you. And if he can refine that in a playbook he knows and enjoys under a person who he went out and said is a role model to him, he could they could both be MVP considerates again in the next two, three seasons. You, you just you just never know. Like it could be a complete failure for, for Cam with his weapons, for example. They just may not work. And it with Carson, they just may not have that click. He may not have that spark anymore. You you just don't know. And it's just for Wentz is getting that confidence back and for Cam it's finding that flow and I think he can do that now with the receivers he's got. You, you, you think they're, they're, um, that's their biggest weaknesses? Carson's confidence and Cam's being able to get into that playbook? I, yeah. Cam's, Cam's is seeing the first pass he sees. There was a lot of unnecessary passes made last year through tight gaps yeah. when he could have just ran it himself or given it to someone who's just come on a short route. So, I don't know. It, it's... There's stuff to work on, but they've they've both changed. I think at a very optimal time. Mm. So it'll be it'll be really interesting. I think, it, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting over if we sit how we see it pan out over the next next what year or so. So this time next year, what would we be saying when we're saying mm. when we're looking back at these and listening back to these, <laughs> and we're like, oh my goodness, we said we said Carson Wentz was going to go amazing. They've been, they've gone four and twelve. <laughs> Well, I remember you, you were talking about um, Cam Newton, obviously the Patriots, and uh, the new new receivers and team that they've got there in Massachusetts. And I think that's a nice segue into uh, my section this week, which I've named it in the Google Google Doc: Patriots with the pennies, pennies all in capitals with two exclamation marks at the end. Ben, Bill Belichick has got his wallet out. He's been under. He's been under. Well, c- go on, go on. Bill Belichick. Oh, look at that, boy. Bill Belichick. <laughs> That's what art. Oh, I'm gonna call it that from now on. Bill <laughs> Belichick has got his wallet out for the first time in however long he's been there, twenty odd years. Before free agency started, we had sixty. Oh, Patriots um, had $67.5 million in cap space, which was the fourth in the league. Um, and it, actually, when I even saw that, first of all, I did think, I was like, how has this team won six Super Bowls in the last 20 years and they've, and they've brought no one in? Yeah. That man's a genius. Well, it was either Tom Brady or that man is an absolute genius and he's just found, and he's yeah. just found gems. It really shot me. Even as a Patriots fan, I was like, surely, surely not. Surely we're not. We've spent the fourth least amount of money in the league. Anyway. I mean, do, do you think that with the team he's got lined up over the next couple of seasons, this will see whether it is truly Tom or it's truly Bill? Uh, well, I think last, I think last, actually, no, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we do because we remember the, um, yeah, Cam Newton didn't have any any real receivers this season, but now he's no. now he's got no excuses, and we'll see. Well, really, this season will really show is is Bill the man, and is Cam the man. We'll see if yeah. Bill's got it, 
if he can work this out. I think, to be fair, Cam had no receipt. I'll, I'll speak about our receiver class um, last season later on. But Cam had no receivers. We still finished seven and nine. And we were, we've only got mm. the 15th pick in the draft. So we're pretty much halfway there. You only got one higher than us. No, no offense <laughs> to you, but still, that's, that's still showing that Bill has obviously got something special going on in his head to put these on the, on the play. But yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be really interesting, like you said, with Cam to see how he does. Um, but anyway, first day in free agency, which was last Monday. The New England Patriots brought in seven players. Bill Bilicek. Mr. Bilicek brought in seven players, including, like you've mentioned, um, Hunter Henry and bringing back Cole Van Noy from the Miami Dolphins, who was a massive part yes. for us in the last... I think he's been there, that Patriots, since like 2014, so the last few years. Um, and like we said, we had a 7-9 and nine season uh, and we had the fifth worst offensive rankings. All right. And this is... Our best receiver was number 49 overall in the league. Our best receiver was number 49. All right. And guess how many touchdowns he had? One. Zero. He no touchdowns. Oh He's word. number 49 because of he was the, um, obviously, re- receiving yards. He got more. He yeah. didn't have any, he, did, he didn't have one touchdown, Ben. Our top receiver didn't have a touchdown. That's shocking. Anyway, we've got two wide receivers and two tight ends to um, the the main players, I think. Uh, Two wide receivers, including Nelson Aguilar from the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Last season, he had his career best season with eight touchdowns. Uh, Like Ben mentioned, Jonu Smith, the tight end from the Tennessee Titans. He's six foot three. He's a a big lad. Um, Seven touchdowns last season, which was his best season in terms of touchdowns. Uh, ty- uh, Hunter Henry from the Chargers. Um, I didn't have any real, real stats because he didn't have a mass, a great. He wasn't his best season last year, but they're saying that Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry are going to be the new Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, Hernandez. Uh, hopefully without yeah. the killing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on, if you haven't seen that documentary on Netflix, it's well worth it. It's really interesting. Yeah, definitely watch it. Um, mm. On the defense as well, like mentioned, we brought back Carl Van Noy and Trent Brown, who was at the Raiders last year. And we brought in Matthew Judon, um, who I think is about three, two, three-time pro bowler in the last two years. Uh, Van Noy from the Dolphins, who's won two Super Bowls with the Patriots, presently. Uh, Trent Brown from the Raiders. He was in the top 10 defense with the Raiders last year. Uh, and he was a Super Bowl champion and a one-time pro bowler. And then Matt Judon, two pro bowls in the last uh, two years. And he was franchise tagged last year by the Baltimore Ravens. Um, however, he did miss quite a few games due to COVID. But that, you just look at numbers wise, two players with the best season they had last year, two players with Super mm. Bowls, pretty much all of them have got Pro Bowls. Um, and we've also got Dante Hightower back from uh, opting out. Yeah. And he's a two time Pro Bowler as well as Super Bowl winner. And lo- unfortunately, we lost, lost Patrick Chum. Um, but maybe that's something we can look for in the. In the uh, draft, and I think Jadavian Clowney yeah. is still around, so who knows? <laughs> I mean, uh, with, with the draft, where does that leave you? Because obviously, there was so much speculation about what you would take because there was so much to take, and I don't think anyone saw 
Mr. Craft over there in Boston opening the checkbook as much as he did for Bill. And Mr. Billichek, it's Mr. Billichek. So I spent. Oh, apologies. I'll, I'll get it right next time. Uh, so, so where where does this leave you in terms of the draft? As a fan, what would you like to see, or, or what what is realistically going to happen? I think I think they both line up. Um, as a fan of what I'd like to see, and also what I think they will do, um, I think we I think we take a quarterback. Yeah, I can't see us having Jared Stidham still there at the end of August. I mean, he replaced Cam Newton for a few a few times last season, and he hasn't. He's done nothing. He's not. He's not very good at all. And I feel like we can yeah. take a young quarterback to shadow a once MVP man, once Super Bowl runner up. And it's mm. like we've said in previous episodes, and like me and you have said previously, the way the quarterbacks are changing now, they're more mobile. And spent his life being that. I think he was ever since I was I started watching NFL um, about six years ago. He was the only one who would Moving. who would run. Mm. And now you see all of them. You see Patrick Mahomes do it. You see um, what's his name, Lamar Jackson, do it. All of them are runners, and you've only got a few more. Carla Murray. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, so I think we should take either Mac Jones from Alabama, um, who the the draft people, the mock drafters, the, the journalists, don't think he's going to go top 10 anyway, so I think we could have a chance. Or Cole Trask from the Florida Gators. And after seeing a few, few, few of their games... Um, I think he's really good, and he was. They're both Heisman uh, runners up this year. Mac, yeah, oh, Mac wow. Jones and Carl Trask were runners up to Devonte Smith. Um, they both had the top two passing yards last year in college football, um, and they're not really they're not really said to be suited for starters yet. They're not really in that starter class of Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, um, and they're not predicted like to go top ten. So I feel like. It's good for either of them to learn off off the Cam Newton and maybe join and and get into that get into that main role next year because Cam Newton again is only on a one year contract um, mm. and I don't think well I don't think he'll be up for it next year Cam Newton I I honestly don't think he's going to have I think he could have a season like he had last season towards the end of the year he couldn't throw a ball. You never know. It's it's really interesting. It's going to be tricky to see how the future plays out for the Patriots, depending on how Cal, how Cam Newton plays this year. And I think with the draft class you have with quarterbacks this year, it will be silly to take. It will be silly not to take mm. a quarterback. Go and yeah, get you should one. Get one. You yeah. should because it's risky. If you if you leave one, and then Cam Newton has a shocker and he's not going to get a new contract, then you're like, what do we do? But if you've got one sitting in the pipelines, then you should be okay. I think that's that's the thing as well for your boys, especially in that in that division you're in. Josh Allen is is hot property. The guy can mm. play, and now he's got Stefan Diggs in his back pocket, and now Emmanuel yeah. Sanders as well. And that's a force we reckon with. So, with that in mind, how, how does this off season so far? change your division's dynamic? I don't think it changes it a lot. I think the Bills are still going to finish top because, like you say, of Josh Allen being unbelievable last season. 
um, with Stefan yeah. Diggs and now, like you say, Emmanuel Sanders. I think we'd get above the Dolphins because the Dolphins finished better than us last year and the Jets uh, still, 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 unless they get to Sean <laughs> Watson, I think it will be the Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. How about you? I'd, 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 I'd probably, it's a hard one between the Dolphins and, and the yeah. Patriots, but I think the Dolphins are give, I think the Dolphins have given up too much. So I'd, I'd go Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, nice. Jets. Cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's it's almost again. I know I say it's a lot. It's almost like we planned it because this has rolled unbelievably nicely into into this week's power no rankings. Has it? Yeah, it, it, oh. it has. It has. And again, NFL week. It's, it, it, it's my week to shine. It's my week to take the reins. It's my week to talk waffle. And this week is the best teams coming out of free agency so far. Obviously, free agency doesn't finish until week eight of the actual season. We have the draft coming up. We have OTAs. We have players cut. So much can happen. But it's the outlook on my top five teams so far. Obviously, this is down to preference. So, if you're listening, kind of just got to deal with it. If you don't, if you don't agree with me, number five. Who? 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 Thirty-two teams. Whistle it down. Think five in your head, Brandon. Uh... Where, where are you going first? Number five. Oh no! Uh, I haven't really kept up with free agency because I've been too excited about our players. I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, Colts. Uh, I've got Buccaneers. Oh, you've got the bu- oh, Buccaneers, Buccaneers here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not what they've done. The bad is no. It's what they've retained. <laughs> what they've yeah. not lost. Yeah. It's... <laughs> the, the... The band is back together in Tampa Bay, and wow, they they've done work and tremendously. Hats off to BA out there. Hats off to Tom Brady for saying, "I want this person. I want this person. I want this person." And the the Bucks is going, "Yeah, you're our god. Have it." <laughs> so, so to start with, Shaquille Barrett is back on a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal, which is huge for them. Bear in mind, he was in free agency market for two, three days, so he probably got some good offers elsewhere. You bring back Brady and Gronk, both on one-year contracts, not taking big bucks because obviously the salary cap is is different this year. You got Chris Godwin on the franchise tender, which is worth fifteen point nine million, and he's looking for a long-term deal. The key components are staying to that Tampa yeah. Bay side, and it they're going into this 20, 2021 season with it, it. It's theirs to lose. It really is, and that hurts being in the NFC. I'm just gonna just gotta bring it in for a minute. But it's it's truly like exceptional. If if they if they manage to keep Antonio Brown as well, you've got three very mm. good receivers with Scotty Miller as well. It's it's looking almost too good for the Buccaneers. Uh I agree, but I am gonna challenge I am gonna challenge you on that in terms of you saying it's theirs to lose. I feel like the Buccaneers last year were a really dark horse, and you've seen it in the past. The Titans uh, last year, uh, last year, twenty nineteen. The Jags, I think, twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Who would have thought that they both of them teams would get to the AFC Championship game? Yeah, they lost, yeah. but the Buccaneers were the dark horses last year, and people didn't think about it. They saw, yeah, they were like, yeah, Tom Brady and Gronk, surely 
but everyone else was a dark horse. And I think people may have caught them out, and I think they may catch them out next season. I, on the offence, I'd say yeah. But on the defence, I think the imagination of their defensive coordinator, I mean, as we said in previous podcasts, the display he had on that defence on that night was exceptional. Like, it was unbelievable. And the fact that they haven't lost a piece to that puzzle is Mm. is insane. It is really, really insane. But going from one good defensive team to another defensive team, this should be a wink-wink nudge-nudge here, Brandon. Number four, who who are you going with? This is the Cleveland Browns. Oh, bloody Browns. hell. <laughs> and it's, it's funny you say Dark Horse, because I think the Browns are going to be the Dark Ooh, Horse this season. Super Bowl? I think, I think not Super Bowl. I reckon possibly AFC, depending on how the wow. seeding works out. But I think they've really gone under the radar in this free agency. You, you haven't heard anything other than, is Odell Beckham Jr. going to be back and is he going to take charge over Landry again or is he going to go elsewhere to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, to Green Bay, whatever. But they've gone out and they've got exactly what they've needed. And with the draft coming up and with Steve Stefanski out there, coach of the year, incredible mind, football mind, they're looking mm. good. And if there's anyone to challenge the Chiefs other than the Bills, I think it's the Browns heading into 2021. And here's why. Defense, they had a they had they had a shaky area just in between the corners and, and the the linebackers. The safeties were a bit hit and miss. They've gone out and they've gone to get John Johnson the third from the Rams on a three year thirty three point seven five million dollar contract. He was probably the most vital player to that Rams defense, mm. other than Aaron Donald. He and Jaden Ramsey. He he was crazy good. Then they've gone out and they've gone. Oh no, that that isn't enough. We need another defensive edge rusher. So they've gone out and they got, pardon the pronunciation of this, Dakaris McKinley. I think that's pretty good pronunciation. One year, <laughs> thank you very much. One year, and that is purely to take the pressure off Mars mm. Garrett. Can we try and distract the D, the the O the O line so that Mars can get in easier? Because with with Garrett, you've got an Aaron Donald there. If you can distract the O line and you can create that space for Aaron Donald to go through, he's yeah. going through it, and he's 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 getting that quarterback. And then, finally, depth. They, they've re-signed Rashad Higgins. And you have Jarvis Landry, who was insane last year. Like, you could see the passion he had for that. And if OBJ stays and comes back on a high, you've got three really good 100%. receivers there. Rashad Higgins stepped up to that number two role, I thought, in the games I watched for the Browns. Look out. Because the the Cleveland Browns are back and they're well they've and truly really back. Tur- they've already turned their fortunes over the last few years. They've really changed. When o- when Odell Beckham Jr. left the Giants, he was arguably top five, th- maybe even three or wide receivers, and he went there. And you get Miles Garrett, and then you get all, all these players, yeah. and they go. They almost beat the Chiefs last year. Yeah, yeah Patrick Mahomes is injured, yeah. but still, that team is dangerous. Possibly even deserved it more than the Chiefs on the day. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Okay. I'll agree with you that. <laughs> I wanted them to get, get past the Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> now, right. Num- number three. I'll give you this. This is this is a bit of a I guess one. anyway. Oh, you, in... Jess, tell me, tell me your yeah. clues. Tell me what you're about to say and I'll get... I'll... The, the, 
So they were in my top five to reach the Super Bowl. Wait, 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 wait. A bit of a Washington. rogue one. It is Washington. Fitz magic and brain. I, <laughs> I, I could have gone with the New York Jets because they were looking very ambitiously. They were going to go for mm-hmm. Juju. They got, um, this, I can't remember his name, the second string receiver from the Titans who had a really good season behind AJ Brown. And they, they're looking good. They're looking like that. The, they're going to go out and they're like, right, we're in a tough division here. We, we need to go out and get something. And they're doing that. However, this is Washington up in the NFC East Coast. They obviously got playoffs with a negative, with a negative yeah. record. And I think with Ron Rivera, if you've looked at his team, solidarity is what he's always had at Carolina. You had Luke Keekley, you had Greg Olson, you had Thomas Davis Sr., you had Cam, Christian McCaffrey. You knew what you were getting and he was sticking with them. And he didn't change very regularly because he liked what he knew. And I think that's what he's going for with Washington. They've gone and got Fitzmagic on a one-year $10 million deal. This could be a future QB pick, Mac Jones or... Uh, the Stanford QB or the Gators QB, as you said already, he's one that that's a go and sit mm. behind Fitzmagic. Two has done it, and two is I didn't think two I was bad either. personally. Was go, yeah, go and learn off him. He's been around the league and he's a pretty good player. I think I think that's really good work from the Washington organization there. Then they've gone and got a cornerback. So they have they have the former Chiefs cornerback who won the Super Bowl with them, I believe. He's there. And William Jackson is their new cornerback on three years, $42 million. And they're boosting their wide receiver core that last season was already mm. pretty good with Sims and McLaurin. And they've gone and got Curtis Samuel from the Panthers with three years, $34.5 million pay. And McLaurin and Curtis Samuel were at Ohio oh. State together. In each other's dorm, like so they were in the same dorm in 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 freshman year, and they dreamt. They they said, they "Imagine if we, <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine if we're on the same team tearing up in the NFL." Wow. And they've done that. And I think I think it's they may not go out and blow the league by storm, like and we have a positive record. I think for them, an eight and eight is going to be a good season, or a nine and seven. But it's that solidarity that Ron's going for, and I. Th- I think and they're, they're getting there. Can't look past Chase yeah. Young, rookie who's a captain. No, he's one for the future, and he's going to be fran- franchise player. But yeah, I think yeah, yeah getting Fitz Magic, uh, Fitz Magic. Um, yeah, like you say about experience and getting in the young quarterback. He's been at eight different clubs, I think. He's been in. He's been in the league for how is he? More than that, he's... I think. Yeah, really, he's twelve now. He I just think lost. So, he just yeah. lost circling the whole of the United <laughs> States. But yeah, I think huh. I think that's a strong shout from you. Mm. But we're in with the big dogs now. We're, we're in with the money spenders here. Number two. Who are you going with, Brandon? I think it's Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals. And you may say to our, to our regular listeners, you may say, oh, it's biased. I've, it's not. Let, not. Let's face facts. We have filled the gaps that need a filling. And yes, we've created one or two, but there's a draft coming up. JJ, I don't need to say any more. We've re-signed Marcus Golden, who was actually one of our picks back in 2013, then went to the Giants, then came back to us. 
he's on two years, nine mil, and he worked really well with Chandler Jones when they were playing together, which was only for one or two games before Jones's injury. We have a proper centre now, who isn't just some sleazy guy to make up numbers. We have a proper centre in Rodney Hudson in a trade from the Raiders. And our wide receiving core has just got even better. AJ Green, one year, 10 million. Uh, you've copped that, yeah. Christian Kirk, D-Hop, Andy Isabella. And if Larry comes back, that's insane. You've got to bear this in mind as well, right? You have D-Hop, so automatically he's going to take a hefty chunk mm. of that defence away. Then you've got, uh, I think he's a three times pro, six times pro bowler, AJ Green. On the other side, he's going to be going up against third, fourth string cornerbacks <laughs> on a roster. It's even going to be him or D-Hop. I know who I'm covering with two. <laughs> I'm covering D-Hop. If we can get AJ Green back to that six times, bear in mind, I think they were all straight back to back to back to back to back Pro Bowls as well. If we can get him to that, wow. I think wow. When, when, you, when, we, when you saw, well, sorry, when you've got AJ Green, I said to you, I think you're sorting now. And obviously, you've got more insider knowledge. Knowing, not insider knowledge. I wish we had insider knowledge. But um, you've got more knowledge of the team <laughs> saying that you've got, you need to get a running back, players like that. But from the outside, yeah. you've got Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Buddha Baker, Chan Jones, JJ Watt. Like, you've, you've managed yeah. to get two of the biggest free agents out there this season and it's well welcome well you could be in a few <laughs> years time you never maybe maybe an Arizona dynasty I mean if I'm honest I think we get we get a running back in the first round and we get a cornerback in the second and strengthen our own line and obviously just a couple here and there, another tight end. We, we lost our first string tight end. And just just make that roster strong. And as you say, in a couple of years, when Brady and Gronk aren't around in Tampa anymore, let's go and take it, Cliff. Go and convert that house to make it even sexier <laughs> than it already is, because that is one fucking good you're in a, house. You're in a really good position. Anyway, oh, I'm, I, I'm excited. I, I genuinely... You should and be. to be fair, I think Hard Knock should be in Arizona as well, because... The, what mm. a show that will be there. Unbelievable. Anyway, top dog. Number one. Numero uno. Who are we going with? New England Patriots, surely. Nice. It is the New England Patriots, and there's no doubt about it. The business Bill oh, Belichick went. <laughs> <laughs> went about and did. And as as I don't think there's much to say, really, on what we've already said. You know... The defense with Jalen Mills from the with the from the Eagles, Jude Ons there, Carl Van Noy, Hightower. Mm-hmm. That's a shame about Patrick Chung, but you live, you, you you roll with the punches, and you're just shoring up that O line with your um, person you re I can't remember his name that you resigned, and you're giving Cam time to be Cam, and I think that's the most important thing. Cam. Hasn't been Cam Newton in the last couple of seasons. He's been an injured Cam. He's been a 60-70% Cam. Full recovery, full playbook, he's going to be good. And then on top of that, you have nine draft picks as of the time of recording. Is that the most? Uh, I think the Jets have like 11 or 12. Cheeky buggers. Yeah. So, 
Go. Go and get I it. I think. Go and get those players that you need and make that roster a dynasty with for Bills last uh, year's in the NFL. I don't think we'll be at dynasty stage because these, these players, they're great players, but they're not on the same level as your your boys, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Brown, for example. Uh, AJ Green, sorry, not AJ Brown. I think this team is a new era for the Patriots because obviously you've had 20 years knowing one person, really, and you've got Gronk mm. for 10 years or whatever. It's a new era and it's going to be interesting to see how it plans out. But I think definitely we have won a free agency because you signed five players in the first five hours of of the of of, of the windows, <laughs> and they're not bad players. They're 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 household. They're names. They're not like players that you like because there's yeah. what, hundreds, almost a few thousand players in the NFL, and you only know really a tiny amount of them. And these players that you brought in, you recognise the names. You know that they're household names at the clubs they've been at before. And like we said, I think it's just, I think it's good, rec- good recruiting on a numbers base. They just, yeah, let's see what they can do under um, Bilicek's notebook or yeah playbook. I mean, for us, it's a really interesting yeah. couple of seasons it's coming up, really and I can't wait. I can't wait. And you know what, what else I can't wait for, Brandon? Getting out of lockdown, getting some beers down us, watching England bring it home in the Euros. I cannot wait. Home. Oh, yes. This is our other sports stories. And it is England, but it's not the Euros. It's the World Cup qualifying squad, which came out last Tuesday or Wednesday, I think. Um, so, yeah, this squad that came out for England was the, is the World Cup qualifying squad uh, where we'll play San Marino, Albania and Poland. I think... I think all three of them are World Cup qualifiers. I think, or either Poland may be a friendly. I'm not too sure. Um, and to be honest, I think it's a fair squad to see for the games we've got. We should realistically win all three. Maybe a draw against Poland. But I don't think many of the picks surprise me because you're playing against San Marino, Albania. Like, Yeah. Do, do you... I, I almost feel, and I, you can see it from a buyer's view, but he hasn't been at Palace for two seasons now. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, he, he's been so overlooked. Like, he doesn't even get picked as the number two behind um, mm. Trent. And it's like, well, what does he have to do? Because he's gone with Kyle Walker and Kieran Trippier in this squad. But I think Wan-Bissaka has probably been one of the most consistent right-backs in the league agree this with season. That. I think, yes, we fine. I didn't even think of Trent. But, um, I think Walker and Trent have to be in there. And I think the only reason he's picked Trippier ahead of Aaron Wambasaka is literally because Trippier obviously plays at Atletico. He's abroad. Gareth Southgate, you always, he always sees mm. the Premier League games and it, it gives him a chance on international breaks, especially in qualifiers against littler teams or friendlies, to see how good Kieran Trippier is. Because obviously he was amazing at Spurs and he went to Atletico and you don't really see anything of him other than the Champions League or the World Cup qualifiers or qualifiers or international stuff. So I think it's, it's purely the case of him being able to see Trippier again properly and understand and see how he plays now, rather than him saying, this is our man ahead of Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Because I feel the season that Man United, Man United have had, and like you say, the consistency he's had, 
Aaron Wan-Bissaka is going to be in that Euro squad. But I think it's solely down to Southgate hasn't really seen Trippier play yet. And it's a chance to see, just to try him out, mm. really. So do you, do you think this is Southgate looking to try something uh, new with new faces as yeah, well? Yeah, I think so. I think especially with new faces, like the goalkeeper situation has been up in the air since Pickford turned really bad last season. Like he's he's done pretty well this year, but yeah, he was really really bad last season. I was I was worried before coronavirus and the Euro, uh, the Euros got cancelled. I was worried to go into that Euros with Jordan Pitt, Jordan Pickford in goal, um, and like you say, the new faces. Sam Johnston, he's in the squad. The West Brom that's, goalkeeper. That's very rogue, and it's that's interesting because um, I would I don't think any of us would have really thought of him, but he I think I saw a stat the other week. He had the he's had the most saves in the Premier League. I mean, he's he's also had the worst. But he's had the most the saves. <laughs> he's a shot stopper, obviously. Yeah, um, and he may be he may be in goal for a San Marino game. You know, I mean, Gareth Southgate's yeah. got a hefty hefty weight on his shoulders, saying what goalkeeper you go for because there's there's three or four goalkeepers you got there. You've you've got Pickford, uh, Pope, and Henderson. And now you've just fought in Sam Johnson to compete. It's really interesting. Obviously, you've got the James Ward Prowse's, Jude Benham's, and Connor Cody um, in there with the with the new faces as well. Maybe to just try them out again, see see what they're like really in, on an international stage. Who 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 would you take? Henderson, Pope, Pickford, or or Johnston? If you if you were on the spot, and it was day before. Game one of the Euros or, or World Cup. Who, who are you putting in, in that number Dean one Henderson. shirt? I think since De Gea has been injured over the, I don't know, how long has he been injured to De Gea? He's, he has oh, been injured. Oh, really? family issues. Okay. He was on the bench um, the other day. But yeah. ever since Dean Henderson's got into that starting role, not in the Carabao Cup or whatever, I think he's played really well. And I think that he's needed them games to yeah. show Gareth Southgate Hello, I'm still here. Yeah, I had a great season at Sheffield United last year. I was amazing then. I probably would have been maybe top, maybe starting goalkeeper if the Euros were last year. He's obviously been off the radar this year because he's back at United. De Gea's got in. But getting that game time, what, three months before the Euros? Really, really, really good. And I think if it wasn't for these games, which you've seen him in, and Man United still playing well, I would have gone Pope as well over Pickford. Pickford, I think, is out the question. But yeah. Pope or Henderson, well, I think will be the two two fighting it out. And I would go with Henderson. What about yourself? I'd, I, I, like, I love Henderson. And having been in Sheffield for a year when he was there, like, hearing everyone who was a Sheffield fan, it, like, couldn't disagree with them. He was, mm. he was our best keeper last season, hands down. But this year, like, I don't think he's had enough appearances, although he's been class. Like, Nick Pope, you know what you're getting with him, like, 100%. And, like, it, it's weird of a keeper because just because one's taller or just because one's quicker off the line, it doesn't make them any better or any worse. It's just who can stop the ball. And it is really just down to a roll of a dice in a way. Or, or preference, and for me, that's, so sure that's, that's perfect as it is right now. If you want to stop the ball, he's had the most saves this season. Then, come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but 
he, he's also been part of West Brom. Yeah, oh well. <laughs> and we're, we're both in agreement that Pickford is definitely out of the question. Oh, thank you. Oh, Pickford <laughs> should not be there. For the fifth time, you should know this second by now, I predict a riot. Um, and it's always, like we say every week, it's an audacious prediction. But then, you never know, like Ben's one, week one, h- hitting it off like a bang. Hashtag we are legit. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> we, do it, we just need that blue tick on Twitter. Yeah. If you haven't checked out the Twitter, check out the Twitter, at Division B Podcast. Um, so, yes, my prediction this week actually comes on. And I that these off-season winners will be poor. Uh, all of them? Maybe, no, maybe not all of them. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to put, so I just thought, I have I have clout for what I'm going to say. And I was like, I really hope he hasn't picked the Packers uh, and everyone else who's actually good. But I think a lot of the off-season winners are going to be poor. And we've seen it in the past that off-season winners are poor. Uh, spending big... And getting big players, this is what I've written down, at the end of the day, means nothing. Means absolutely zilch. Okay? It's different to football, where eight, nine times out of ten, the big spenders are always going to be up there, like your cities, your Real Madrid, your Bayerns. But in the NFL, it's a different story. And this has really interested me. I found this report online. And this is from 2012 to 28, uh, 2019 season. So you've got 2012, yeah, to the end. Of, so eight years of data. And these are the top 10 most, how do you say it? Top 10 most big spend, biggest spenders Spences. in free agency, right? This is 10 to 1, okay? And I've got a few stats alongside it. And I'm just like, when I was looking these up, I was like, my God, they spent this much and they've done nothing. So I'll go through them. Number 10, Washington. In them eight years, 2012 to 2019, they've had two playoffs. And they've lost in the wild card in both of them. Number nine, the Buffalo Bills. Two playoffs, lost in the wild card to both of them. Number eight, Tampa Bay. They've obviously done well last season, but from 2012 to 2019, the eighth biggest spenders in free agency, they didn't have a playoff. No playoff run. Number seven, Tennessee Titans. Two playoffs, a wild card and an AFC championship. Number six, the Oakland, uh, Oakland Las Vegas Raiders. One playoff run, a wild card loss. Uh, number five, a bit of a bit of a anomaly here. The Denver Broncos, who had four playoff runs, uh, won a Super Bowl, lost the Super Bowl and got to the divisional round. They did pretty well. Number four, the Buffalo Bears. Buffalo Bears? God. <laughs> Chicago Bears, so one playoff run. Wild card loss. Number three, the Saints. Four playoff runs. A divisional wild, a divisional loss. A wild card loss and a championship loss. Number two, the New York Jets. Zero playoff runs. And number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars. One playoff run and a championship spot. So the top ten spenders in eight years from 2012 to 2019 have one Super Bowl and 17 playoff games. Out of a possible 80. And that's 8-0, not 1-8. And an overall spend of $7.2 billion. 
US dollars. That's and they've insane. had se- 17 playoff games out of a possible 80, and they're the 10 biggest spenders in the league. It's it's weird, right? Because with the Saints, it's not like they're even slowing that down. I mean, they've spent, I, I can't remember what the contract is for Tatum Hill, their versatile mm. player. He's on like 40 mil. He doesn't even throw a ball, and he's not in on every snap. It's like, it's weird. When that's on paper, or when you hear it, you're like, oh, snap. It's actually like, not the, the bad teams are actually like, they have a right to be bad, other than the yeah. Jets. But, Fair pl- that's, in- that's, that's, that's put it into perspective big time. It's crazy, isn't it? So, don't expect any big things from uh, the Arizona Cardinals or New England Patriots in the next 10 years. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty interesting. So, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that my prediction hasn't been mentioned there. Um, it has been previously <laughs> mentioned in this episode, though, with Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. The Colts are going to win the AFC South. Now, a lot of you are saying, what about Tennessee? What about the Titans? The Titans are still good. Yeah, but they weren't that great this year. They they looked good when Derrick Henry ran the ball. And that's like saying Messi looks good when he plays in a Barcelona shirt. It's going to happen. Like <laughs> It's inevitable, right? If Derrick Henry has that ball, you're going to look good. And they brought in Bud Dupree on defence when they were like 30th on defence. But they've also got rid of one of their best cornerbacks. The Titans, I, I don't know. I don't know what is it, Matt Vrabel? It is Matt Vrabel, isn't it? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do there, and it's it's weird because they've come close twice and they've missed it twice. You just don't know. Texans, that goes without saying. And then, what was if Deshaun's actually no, no, Deshaun, Deshaun can't change that monstrosity <laughs> even if he stays there. And then, and then the Jags are in a front, are in a um, rebuild stage. So. If I'm the Indianapolis Colts, if I'm if I'm Carson Wentz, if I'm Frank Reich, I'm saying there is no pressure, and that's how we should take it. Because I think everyone's going to see it as the Titans need to win this division to make it look like they can still compete. Why not the Colts? The Colts have a history of getting into playoffs and doing good runs and just missing out. Mm. Get them back there, Carson, and win the AFC South for me. Oh, well, I think. The AFC South, I think, is the one division that no one ever knows what's going to happen. I think it's, I think it's, yeah, had the most winners, different winners in the last I'm not twenty surprised. years or whatever. Mm. The the changes that happen that goes on, but obviously, like we've seen and like you said, the last few years it's all been the Tennessee Titans, and with Frank Reich, that defense the Colts had last year, Carson Wentz, like we've mentioned before, you never know. You know, but, you could, they could get further than just winning it. Mm, Divisional? I, I think I think the Colts have an ultimate poker face on them right now. They've gone, yeah, you know, we've got a good defence. But you don't know what's going to happen with our offence. We do. Are they bluffing? Are they not? Who knows? We're not going to know. Interesting. Okay. That's it. Episode 5 is complete. We're... What's that? A fifth of the way? No. What's 100 divided by 5? 25. No, it's not. 25. 20. 20. <laughs> but we're not 20% to 100, are we? What are you trying to say, Brandon? I'm trying to say how far away from 100 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Percentage-wise. <laughs> anyway, that's, this is ridiculous. Anyway, we've got our fifth. We're halfway to 10. 
which means we're a tenth of the way to 100. There we go. That simplifies everything. Uh, thank you for listening. Next week, we'll be back with Football Week. And a few weeks' time, we could be doing it together. And in just over a month's time, everyone, you're going to have a special draft day. A draft day special. But until then, we've still got a few more weeks to go and a, mo- a lot more sport talk. So once again, thank you, Ben. Check out the Twitter if you haven't already, Division B Podcast. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.